Hi. Good morning. Evening. Uh, Good morning. Chat like. Good morning. Uh, Tim Cook is sad this week. <laughs> Tim Cook is sad. Dang. The whole technology business thing. Do you is... think there's going to be a recession? No, not necessarily. Like, not as bad as we just had. Uh, like, even, you see, even Samsung is like, oh, yeah, sorry, we're not going to sell as many phones. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> hey, um, do you do you share the opinion, the correct opinion, uh, <laughs> that uh, breakfast breakfast food is the best food? Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, don't answer it. Because um, I need this for like a segue. Uh, so just like that, you know, sometimes you just want to have breakfast food, and you don't want you don't want to have like a okay, the yeah, main proper the main proper <laughs> uh, dish. So uh, that's this episode. You don't Wait, have like the but main. It dish. doesn't make any sense because if we only ate breakfast food, there would only be follow up. <laughs> no, no, no. Follow up is not breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, damn it, with our... Yeah, our main topic is like the dinner, and then we have side dishes nice to it, you know? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Sorry for ruining your segue. <laughs> we can still it's include it, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, Kevin, god dang it, yeah. what I'm trying to say is, we don't have the uh, main big topic for <laughs> today, because there's so many little things interesting going on in the world uh that we want to talk about so and that'll probably make for for the whole show but but we have been talking a lot before we hit record and uh you know just to drop a little uh preview of the next episodes we do have a couple big juicy topics to talk about uh very soon so if you prefer those type of shows um wait what (laughs) no accidental no no you will listen to this show till the end okay <laughs> don't you no, dare you will. don't you dare skip to the next <laughs> to the next podcast <laughs> uh, okay so we have a, a few items in follow-up this uh this week we do the also known as breakfast, also known as breakfast. <laughs> um the artists were really known as follow-up <laughs> Uh, so the first one in the list i kind of included it in follow-up um and that is letterboxd 2018 year in review um so in our layouties um rafa and i talk about our picks for our favorite uh movies and tv shows of the year um and every year i very much look forward to letterboxd year in review um and they just published it as always it's pretty great um like they do a Damn, I like really great roundup. Like they have all these nice illustrations and there's like background video playing and like blur effects and it's it looks pretty awesome and it looks so it's good. just letterbox is so good <laughs> generally. I find like it's it's like the last good social network, really. Uh-huh. Um can I say something like as a designer uh I am so jealous sometimes of how you know products that can utilize uh video and like photography yeah. as their own as their thing cuz that's something I can't use really like it wouldn't make it would make very little sense to feature a lot of video for you know Netlify's marketing or whatever um but so every time I see something like this page it's like ah, damn it! That looks awesome. I wish I could, <laughs> wish I could do that. Yeah. So cool, so cool. No, it's really awesome. There, there's one little weird design decision I think that they've made in this is that like, it's kind of like a slideshow. Like everything is like a mm-hmm. contained within like a little square. And yeah, I recommend using the arrow keys to navigate. Yeah, and you can use the arrow keys, and it's fine, but it's also a little weird. Like I don't know how I feel about it. Like. It just feels like everything is just like boxed in. Uh, I kind of wish. Hey, that. it's letter boxed it's in. It's letter <laughs> There you go. There you go. If only we had a bell. Only. <laughs> Damn it! You need like a travel bell, or maybe I should. I need to get one. <laughs> um, a travel bell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, go check it out. They have a ton of good recommendations. Um, and there's actually more. Like, I feel like Letterboxd, generally, like the audience has watched more movies than we have. So <laughs> there's a few more mm-hmm. stuff in there. Um, and a bunch that I've added, just added to my list. Okay. Second item uh, <laughs> is yeah. one that uh, I <laughs> felt very sad about. <laughs> when i saw that but my first my first thing was i probably won't be as sad as rob about it <laughs> so um i it's like i realize how like every time i want to talk about something i kind of like tease it and i talk about it before i say what it is i know i do that as also like i start talking about something like because oh by the way and something like, before yeah. i actually say what i'm talking about so oh, so i so apologize <laughs> to all the listeners because i think this is probably Same. very annoying so okay uh, i'm just gonna say what the thing is so <laughs> lg um samsung vizio and uh i think that's it sony S- uh, sony you're right and sony um all announced that they will be supporting airplay 2 natively within the tv um and then some of them i think samsung only uh as of now uh will have a itunes app uh where you can like watch like movies and and series um like on the tv itself um and then there's some selection of these tvs that will also support home kit so all these three things are different and it's like a different set of TVs that support each and every one of these things, uh, which is kind of weird in and of itself. But um, yeah. the thing that is interesting to both of us um, is LG's uh, lack of support for older models. So only LG's 2019 TVs will support these new features. Uh, I bought my TV. Uh, I have the 2017 model uh, LG TV. And uh, mm. Rafa, as we talked about last week, you have the 2018 model, right? I bought a TV w- a week ago. Oh my god! Um, how do you feel about this? It's okay. It's okay. Like, <laughs> I kind of knew what I was getting into. You know, like right after I knew CES was coming, and I knew like Boxing Day, whatever you call, like right after Christmas that season, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to think too hard about it because then I'll get sad. It's okay, man. It's okay. I have an Apple TV always plugged into the TV, so you know I know it's not natively supported, you know, natively in the TV set itself. But if I want to airplay something to the TV, I still can. Uh, you know, it's not that bad. And I don't care at all about the iTunes app in the Samsung TV because, again, I also have an Apple TV. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's like this is this whole thing, like these new partnerships, which can be, I mean, are a bit surprising, you know, coming from Apple. This is not very common, uh, especially like having iTunes on a Samsung TV. That's It sounds so like foreign uh for for apple and i think this whole thing is like sure we it is known that apple is entering the you know the show business and they're you know they're producing tv shows and stuff and uh for that they they need to be on as many uh tv screens as they can that's been netflix strategy like everything that can run a netflix app runs a netflix app uh so i think that you know that's why they're they're doing this um but all of this, like if you have an Apple TV, you know, you won't get anything new. You already have the iTunes store, uh, whatever, and you already have AirPlay and you already have HomeKit integration to certain The extent. only thing so, that seems kind of up in the air is whether or not you'll be able to say Siri, play Game of Thrones in the living room if your TV does not support that. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, Siri, stop. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> my home pod is playing the game of thrones soundtrack <laughs> uh, had, you had i didn't it coming. even say the hey it's so yeah and you had Anyways, it coming damn damn robots it. do i have to bleep this now <laughs> um i don't know i don't know it's okay i guess Sorry, um, it's, it's, it could be worse than the the Game of Thrones soundtrack. So, like, I can't imagine why you wouldn't be able to do that. You know, if you have an Apple TV, 
Because, you know, that's like... <laughs> that's true. Apple TV sure. is the TV, you know, like is, there, is, is their player in the TV market. Because Apple is not building TV sets, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, effectively, that's their best TV experience that they can offer. So if you're bought in that, that device and that hashtag lifestyle... <laughs> Apple should, uh, you know, make you happy, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Well, one thing that it definitely that definitely won't work is the ability to control the volume with like the your iPhone. Um because if Good you point. think about it, right now you cannot do that and mm-hmm. even the Apple TV remote like it use I believe it uses the IR thing. Yes. To change Correct. the volume, it's not Bluetooth. Um right. so I don't know. We'll see. But I definitely felt felt bad that my TV doesn't support it. Also, uh, given the fact that Vizio TVs, um, like even the older models, will get all of these features. <laughs> so that proves that this is not, like, you don't have to have a, like a hardware thing, right? It's, no. It, even AirPlay well, 2, that's weird. Yes and no. It's kind of unclear. So LG is saying that they need a faster chip in their TVs. So theoretically, maybe Vizio has fa- been using like fancier, faster chips on their TVs for a very long time. Um, in practice, that seems very unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems like kind of a BS answer. Uh-huh. Um and one thing that's interesting there, um, and I, I tweeted about this before, so apologies if you've seen this, but um, there's been an interview with um, the CTO of Vizio uh, with uh, Nile Patel, which is really good. We'll put a link in the show notes, like if you haven't uh, listened to it or read it, um, it's like well worth uh, checking out. Uh, basically, he he talks to uh, this executive <laughs> Vizio, which is like if you're used to hearing Apple people talk, like <laughs> this is the polar opposite. Like he <laughs> says stuff <laughs> all the time during an interview that he's like. Uh, at one point, he says, uh, "The the blue shirt people at Best Buy will like tell you this thing," and then like Nilai starts laughing and is like, "Oh no, am I gonna get in trouble for this?" <laughs> like I apologize. <laughs> um so anyways there's like a bunch of moments in the interview where he sort of would get into trouble anyways it's kind of weird but um Nilay asks him because he bought a Vizio TV and he says that he monitored the TV and the TV makes 10 times the amount of network requests than any other device on the network (laughs) it's like whoa what is going on here (laughs) um and apparently it's all about uh, post-purchase monetization of TV. Um, so Vizio TVs, basically what they do is they have software that's constantly running in the background that basically look at what your screen is seeing. Uh, no matter what input is playing, they just can see what you're looking at. Um, oh, so creepy. And then they, they do real-time image recognition to be able to figure out what you're watching and then sell you ads on device. Maybe so, that's why they have the both, faster chips. Both, both on device, and um, my understanding is they sell your data. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe that. So, maybe that's why they have faster chips. They're doing all that. It's processing. possible, but I feel like what's more likely here is that their business model enables yeah. them to spend the engineering effort to support this on older models. Right, that because they still make money off of you even if you've already bought the TV, then it makes sense for them to support this additional feature because then you're going to use your TV more. Uh, and they're going to theoretically make more money out of you versus LG that is like, pff, like screw you. Like, I've already gotten your money. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't want to support you anymore. So how do you feel about that, though? Like, would you... Well, let's, say, let's say that you want to buy an OLED TV. And uh, LG is asking for two grand, uh, or Vizio or whatever. Like they would track you and sell your, you know, sell your data to advertising companies. But you would only have to pay half of the price, so you pay one G instead of two Gs. Yeah. Would you do it? Mm. You know, given that everything else is the same, so same quality. And- well, okay. So for me, if there is ads in the tv experience 
No. It's, it's like this is a no go. Like this is no, not no this ads. is not gonna fly. No ads. The experience if wouldn't change. If it's half the price. You. Sure, I get the creepy TV. That yeah. Sells all your and see, I think it's a no brainer, like almost everyone. Unless you you know, unless you live very comfortably <laughs> and yeah can't afford to make those type of decisions because i feel like that's the trend right yeah you know google offers everything for free um so you know and people like that you know facebook is free well twitter i feel like people that's love trend, facebook right? yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> so you know um i got a feeling that that's, that's exactly where we're going and it's uh, like you can't stop that train it's just it's just yeah. a matter of you know, and, and i think are. this is like the the one realization that i had is like in a way this like that business model is actually beneficial to you as a consumer in this case because you're you're that ensures that your tv will be supported for a longer period of time mm. which is like mm. never something that i thought about but this is like another thing that would have to go in the pro column here mm. for this TV. So mm. kind of fascinating. Um, right. So who knew? And like, how far can we take this though? Like, uh, we'll give you free stuff. Like we will give you a free, you know, Google home speaker or echo, whatever. Uh, if you let us, let us if you let us like uh, have a microphone on and we can track your stuff like you know hey uh, screw it like we'll offer you a free mattress really good mattress that you know tracks how long you're you know sleeping <laughs> or whatever because we want that data like hey <laughs> heck we're, we're gonna offer you an apartment if you let us have cameras and like track every all of your behavior i like you know how far can <laughs> can companies take this and i because i bet however far they want to push this people will say yes because still i think we as a society we don't value privacy anymore that is a very good question and i i kind of feel like you just hit on like maybe a future black mirror episode right here <laughs> um so copyright layout uh <laughs> if we see this in the next black mirror we'll know where it came from uh <laughs> but yeah like so that's like a conversation that I've had a little bit um, with with some friends. Um, and I think that generally people massively like overestimate how interesting their conversations are in their room. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we often talk about like some of my friends like don't like having Google homes and stuff like that because they are scared that Google listens to them. Um, okay. And, but it's like, look... I could record all of my conversations. And to be fair, some of my conversations are recorded. Um, 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 yes, this one like, right now. For, and for the most part, like, like they could obviously could get like some advertising information, whatever, and like sell me ads for all the stuff that I talk about, which is, to be honest, like stuff that people already think is happening today. Um, mm -hmm. But But beyond that, like, there's there's no like national secret like in the conversations that i'm having like 99 percent of the time like there's nothing that's i don't know there's nothing that's like that private in a sense like i just i don't know and i feel and i also feel like as an addition to that people broadcast their life so much like willingly on mm. facebook and instagram and twitter and all these things um that we're effectively really close to that like having something that always yeah. tracks you like there's there's actually like a smaller and smaller percentage of your life that is not captured um so but do i think it's a good thing like obviously not like i i'm very i'm not worried about like the actual companies using that to sell you ads because it's like yeah sure whatever like if <laughs> i know it it sounds bad, but it's like most of the ads I get are horrible. Like they're just so bad um, and not tailored to me at all that if you actually could make the ads relevant, like it would be a little bit of like an 
a better thing in my life. Like I don't want to see the ads as much as possible, but if I'm going to see the ads, might as well make them relevant to me. Um, but what I'm worried about is government getting access to that. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest like thing you should be scared about. Like what if things go wrong and government builds a back door or figure out a way to like right. tap into that? Then I, mean, heck, I think it's very popular. What happened with the you know with the election and stuff? Because in the what was that called? The British company. Oh, something uh, Analytica. Analytica. There you go. You know, like once once data is tracked, like yeah, the problem, like you said, the problem is not that I'm going to get more relevant ads. <laughs> the problem is in the data is out there. Yeah. Right. And and you don't know how companies can use that data like you know ads is the one thing we can count on like yeah i'm pretty sure they're going to sell that but you know maybe it's not just advertising companies that are buying that data maybe someone else is buying that data maybe someone else is you know anyway the problem is that like once the data exists there's a lot of bad stuff that you know people right. and companies could do with that yeah totally so <laughs> Yay, our future is going to be great. <laughs> uh, I have to say, though, like I used to be very skeptical about Apple's approach and more to like privacy and stuff. Um, but more and more, like I just I feel kind of glad that there, that that someone at least is trying to fight that fight. Um, mm. And more than ever, I feel like you don't need to collect so much data on people to be able to provide like better services so well but here's um, the episode well i believe that this you know this this uh, position that apple is taking you know which i i I, like i said i love that they're taking this position and all uh but i don't think like that is just that is just to make apple users and you know apple customers feel better about their choice because I don't believe that the amount of people who would pick an Apple, you know, choose an, an Apple product over someone else's because of that. Like that is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the feature, you know, the thing that will, you know, um, get them to, to switch or whatever. I, I, I really don't believe like they're going to get new Apple customers, you know, new customers because of that privacy. Uh, yeah, you know, I completely person. agree with that. It's like I it's you shouldn't make me choose. Like either get the privacy or get the feature that I want. Like it needs to be. I think it. Uh, it was Elon Musk that was talking about that. That like nobody wants to buy an electric car. <laughs> like people want to buy like a really amazing car that is like mm-hmm. fast and looks amazing. And oh, by the way, it also happens to be electric. Like yeah. this needs to be the same thing. Where it's like, oh, this is like useful, like interesting. Like I can like you know looks great like hardware wise. Oh, and by the way, everything's also private. Like exactly. That's the kind of level that it needs to be. All right. Still on uh, follow-up, also known as breakfast. Uh, <laughs> see a new entry here. Uh, it's a follow-up on that, uh, uh, what would we call it? Like that UI thing that reacted to the real-life lighting source? Uh, uh, Light source? The, the kids call it uh, environmentally lit. <laughs> environmentally lit ui (laughs) it's lit uh so yeah this is a follow-up uh this is we were talking last week about the weird quality of the video and this one is no exception uh it's also pretty bad um but it shows um some interesting other concepts so uh, right here is showing like a watch um, and how like some materials of the watch have this sort of like fluorescent um, like texture material to them so that like when you hide the camera so you're in the dark and this is like he literally just hides the camera is like pretend I'm in the dark <laughs> um, <laughs> then you can kind of like still see the the hands and the numbers on the watch and stuff right. um, so kind of like more interesting approaches to this um, and then he's showing one with like an ad which is like I'm not 
specifically convinced about this one um but how like <laughs> it can bring like a subtle effect to uh elements even on the web um and kind of be interesting um and i i feel like to me like that's the interesting part of this is not like the flashy over the top like everything will have like glows and shadows uh but maybe like just you know slight reflections here and there or something um that just makes makes the screen feel the the content feel more like it's literally like painted on the screen rather than being like a static picture behind glass so um yeah you can go check it out the biggest question i have about this video is why that ui to pick like yeah. other the, <laughs> pick other you know prototypes because so if you haven't seen the video there's like a wheel thing and you like you rotate the wheel and that wheel you know rotates like you know like it's a circle <laughs> but it's it takes like 80 percent of the screen so why not just a list like what <laughs> what is going on such an odd choice <laughs> and there's like a like a like a cloud sky background yeah. behind it. <laughs> it was like a, a beach picture <laughs> the background right. oh yeah you're right you're right <laughs> why uh, um this is very interesting i so my understanding is that uh bob burrow actually worked on uh project purple at apple which was the iphone uh and worked very closely with uh scott forstall um and I get a feeling that it's the kind of UI stuff that was going on at the time, like like wacky prototypes. Um, so yeah, I think I think this is just this is just part of it. <laughs> but it is very funny. Just, like it's like speaking of reinventing the wheel, you know, <laughs> you made an actual wheel to scroll through the options. So oh well, uh, I, oh, I still well. think it's interesting. Okay, so that's it for follow up uh should we get to let, let's skip the main dish the entree and let's go to the side dishes directly what do you say let's talk about some of the stuff happening okay so one thing i wanted to give people an update on is um my portfolio uh listeners will remember uh this year we did a, a layout <laughs> redesign your website month not this year uh, last year well last year sorry um and, uh, you know, months get very long sometimes. <laughs> um, and, but I've still been like working on my portfolio. Like I've, I haven't really stopped working on it. Uh, and I sure as hell hope that all of our listeners that were participating are also working on their portfolios if they haven't shipped yet. Right, right, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm getting really, really close. Uh, if you, if people want to like check it out, like the work in progress, um, you can go to uh, kevinclark.netlify.com. Um, it's kind of like the, nice. I snagged the preview URL. Um, so it's kind of like the work in progress stuff before I actually push it over. Um, I've made like a ton of progress. The only thing that I'm that I'm left right now um, is the homepage, um, and I find that the homepage is such a tricky page to design, um, and I've just kind of been struggling with it. Like I have a few design ideas, but it seems like nothing just like grabs me or like makes me super excited about it. Um, so I was I don't know I kind of wanted to talk to you about that like like am i the only one here who struggles with homepage like or or is that like a thing that other people struggle with too like i i feel free to tell me like no it's you you're weird <laughs> but i always feel like homepages they kind of need to be everything and nothing at the same time and that's just what makes it so difficult like they have like their purpose is to drive to the content that's everywhere on the website but they also don't have any purpose of their own. It's just kind of strange. Yeah. Do you do you have do you have like a do you have like a trick that you use for homepages that like makes you makes you design good homepages? 
Well, no, because I don't design good homepages. But the homepage is like usually is my favorite part of you know designing any website, like a marketing website, right? Because of that, because it, it like sure, because it doesn't have that one main purpose. Like it's not talking about this one feature, or it's not talking, it's not trying to sell you this one plan or whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's more of an introduction. I also feel like you have a bit more room to play. Um, it doesn't have to be that one thing. It can be anything. So I just feel like there's more freedom. So mm-hmm. I, that's, maybe that's why I like it more. And by the way, this is looking great. I like it. Thank you. Um, and so, okay, I want to talk a little bit about like some of the stuff that um, I've decided to compromise on <laughs> for this. Because right. I decide, I, I was like, look, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do every single thing that I want to do uh, for V1. So I've decided, you know what? Okay, like here's some things that I'm going to do. So um, number one is I didn't add all the new projects for the case studies um, that I wanted. So I decided, look, like goal number one is feature parody old website (laughs) and then (laughs) let me build on top of it. Um, Mm, That's a good, I think that's good. So scoping. <laughs> right. Cause cause it's like that's that's the thing that's preventing me from replacing the existing one is I don't want content to just go missing. Uh but I know that I have a ton of interesting new stuff that I want to add, but that can happen like once the website is live. Um then another thing that I sort of like put off was um a lot of a lot of small details. Like I wanna play a little bit more with animation. Um, and also like just inter page navigation. So basically like when you're in a port- portfolio piece, I want to recommend like other pages that people can go to. Um, so that was something like I didn't, I didn't really work on it yet. Um, I know I want to add it, but it's, it's not like necessary. Um, and then the, the other big element is the ipad layout like if you go to like an ipad size layout it's like kind of my awkward layout for my website like it just it's kind of a big mobile phone um so it's not great like i don't love it i I think it could do a better job but realistically like who browses websites on a, a portrait size tablet um, if you do it in like landscape, then it's fine. So, uh, I've kind of given up on that for now. It's looking amazing. I, this is so good. I, I wish I could do this. Well, thank you. You can. It's like, no, it's like, I don't know how to explain this, but there are a couple styles that you may love in like, just be like it might be your favorite style like you know design style and stuff but you can never do it yourself it's not my style like this this layout uh thing this layout like this uh, layout are you are you exploring this website of yours it's like i love this it it reminds me a bit of frank chimero here and there and like i i love so much about it i could never do it myself i don't know how it's not my style. Like I, I don't know. I just I, I admire it so much, but I can't do it myself. It's oh weird. yeah, you like you should totally do your style. Like <laughs> your style works better for you. Um, like, but it's not just because it's mine. Like I couldn't. I don't think I could do that. I could come up with something like this. It's very interesting, uh, but I don't think I could. Yeah, but I I couldn't come up with what you've come up for your website. Like this is like. All the little like cool like Easter eggs and like the way like you have the personality with like your video and everything like it's just you know it's I think it's it's hmm. mutual like we all that's that's what's cool about like working on a personal website is we can all put in like our own sort of creative energy and our own influences into this and that like even if I tried to like make a website like Rafa. I don't know that I'd be able to do that. Ooh, maybe there's an interesting challenge here. <laughs> I was gonna say. It sounds... <laughs> maybe, maybe at some point we uh, we try to like we both have like the same task 
to design the website and like i have to design it in your style and you have to try to design it in my style oh right it sounds fun that, and that'd also be kind of fun terrible but um yeah i don't know maybe, yeah maybe when we have more time you know <laughs> not to oh, add man. more projects to yeah our, <laughs> i would love to do that to our list but uh but that'd be interesting anyways um so i brought up the whole homepage thing um because i've been thinking of maybe putting like a few screenshots up in the show notes um and just asking people for what they think um mm-hmm. like if you like people have like any feedback or ideas um i think i like actually be mostly looking for ideas um at this point because i like i know all the things that are wrong <laughs> um like all the the different images that i'm going to show like the the mock-ups i don't love any of them really um hmm. but i'm kind of curious to see like okay is there something that catches people's eye a bit more um because i have some explorations that have a lot more content and i have others that are more minimal and more sort of artsy in a way um so kind of curious to see what resonates with people and then if it sparks some ideas uh and who knows maybe people can kind of like in in like through that like can get a peek for what a painful process <laughs> it is because <laughs> i think like we also as designers like we often tend to just like show the perfect thing like once it's done and be like haha mm-hmm. like there it is like everything's great and perfect um easy yeah uh, but the process is sometimes like very long and hard and painful so <laughs> uh while i'm still at that state i figured I might as well share some of that stuff Cool. Well, oh, thanks for sharing. Uh, looking great. Cool, thanks. <laughs> it looks really good. And everyone, again, uh, kevinclark.netlify.com. Not sponsored. <laughs> I love <laughs> Netlify. Like, every time I, I just, I not, love you're it. You're not I'm, helping. Not sponsored. I'm, but I'm telling you, like, I'm changing all my websites to Netlify. It's so easy. Like, if you're a designer and, like, you code a little bit, um, like, I th- I'd say, like, the only... I, I don't know if I want to say it. Actually, like, can you host something that that is not uh, JS based on Netlify? Can you host like Jekyll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. J- Jekyll for sure. Like, okay, so there's not like, even a limitation because I was about to say like, like you kind of have to have a bit of like node knowledge because like all the websites that I've put on Netlify have been websites that I rewrote in Gatsby. Um, mm-hmm. But you don't even need to know to know uh, node stuff. Um, like just put your stuff on that levi like i'm telling you it's the easiest thing you'll ever do like it's even easier than google page uh, than the github pages like github pages are a real mess compared to how easy it is to netlify like you just select the repo and done like it just automatically deploys everything like don't have to worry about anything it's just so great um i i love it and it, no it's it's not sponsored but it's i it's like one of the services that I enjoy using the most. Thanks, buddy. So, and job. now they will never sponsor us because they don't have to. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Thanks, they man. can always. They can always. Well, All well. right, moving on. Speaking of uh, repos and GitHub pages, uh, we are starting to see some of the... Uh, we're we are reaping some of the fruits. Is that the expression? Whatever. Reaping starting the to see rewards? some changes. Uh, on GitHub, you know, after GitHub was acquired by, acquired, uh, bought, you know, let's call it what it is, bought by Microsoft, big old Microsoft, and uh, guess what? So uh, I think it was yesterday, GitHub got uh, rid of the paid plan to, you know, previously I think we had to pay $9 to to have uh, uh, private repos, and so now it's free. So if you had, if you were paying for that, uh guess what you you're gonna stop paying <laughs> um and if you weren't paying because you know maybe it wasn't worth it maybe it was too bit too much uh just for free re- repos and on uh just for free private repos uh now they're free so that's great that's great right it's like yeah yeah that Thanks, is microsoft. that is so amazing like microsoft bought so much goodwill with this announcement like it's <laughs> It's pretty awesome, like because realistically, I I don't know how much of a difference that makes to their bottom line. 
Because, like, sure, they can make, like, nine bucks here or there, but it must never have been, like, that big of a business if you think about it, like, at a Microsoft scale, right? Like, obviously, at a GitHub scale, it might have been a challenge, but um, at Microsoft scale, it's like... Even then. Yeah. So why not make it free so that, like, every single new developer who, like, can't really afford... um, you know, to to pave to have their private repos that they actually go to GitHub instead of trying to go to a competitor. I think this is a right. great move all around. Um, I mean, for the longest time, I've I've I, I've known people in in myself at companies that I worked at. We would use like Bitbucket, for example, which would have God. free private repos. And before, like GitHub, you have to pay. I think you had like five private repos and then you would pay more if you needed more and maybe you know maybe a year or a couple of years back they change and like well you pay a flat fee and you get unlimited private repos right, right. so it yeah microsoft's just eliminating any excuse you might have to use any other git uh, provider um because i feel like yeah most people would pick github but they didn't want to pay you right. know, especially when you had a free alternative so yeah it's smart i think it, it's a smart move yeah it's kind of interesting how like there's a few a handful set of tools that are actual deal breaker for jobs in my opinion like mm. if you expect me to code at a company and you don't use github it's like i'm sorry this is a deal breaker like i i can't do this like i can't use anything else like it's almost like uh if I like a company we're like uh we're all on windows it'd be like i'm sorry like i just i just can't like no matter how much i love your company and this is not like my loyalty to the tool is bigger than any like you know any loyalty <laughs> right. to a or company. like not using slack i know that's a big one yeah i but uh, you know what i feel like slack is not at that level yet for me mm-hmm. that it's like i generally prefer slack but if it's something else, mm, I'll be fine. Um, right. But yeah, GitHub is definitely at that level. Um, so anyway, I can I can totally. I mean, uh, I think it's. By the way, it's not that bad. Like, uh, uh, and I know it's it's. For example, just if you work at a big big company, having your code hosted, you know, by someone else somewhere, it's a big no no. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, alternatives, you have a GitLab, which you can self-host your own uh, Git in- instance. So that's also like a, a popular alternative for companies that, for you know, for security reasons, they can't have a private health company like GitHub, you know, <laughs> have all their content <laughs> and all their code. Um, so, yeah. And by the way, it's not that bad, honestly. It's, it's, it, was, it used to be way worse than it is now, I feel like. So GitLab and Bitbucket, they're 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 improving. They're they're, they're good products. So cool. I mean that's that's good to hear. I I haven't yeah. had the opportunity to use them in a while. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's fine. Maybe maybe I I could work for these other companies not using not using GitHub. That's an interesting question. So uh, take GitHub aside, and so what are other tools? You also mentioned Windows as an example. But what other tools do you feel like it's a it's a deal breaker? Like you wouldn't be able to work at company X if you couldn't use Y. Well, let me ask you a question. All right, so um, Windows, that's all obviously no, no. GitHub, sure, no, no. Uh, Slack is just told that, well, Slack is not there yet. Okay. What about uh, if you had to use uh, other tool, uh, you know, Figma over Sketch, for example? I would not. It, it would definitely be in the con category for me at this stage but i could totally do it so i think sketch is replaceable you know for me what what project management tool do you do you use at shopify (laughs) Uh, (laughs) this is very interesting so shopify generally is very anti-process um so there's no there's not like a single tool Damn hippies. that people use um <laughs> and generally like like each team basically decides what they want to do some people use like trello boards and others use other things um generally 
we end up using like GitHub issues and like their um, sort of boards things, um, mm-hmm. which I honestly like pretty, I, I like, I think like the integration with the issues gets like really yeah. useful at one point uh, in, the, in the project. Uh, and I just think generally like the, it, I feel like GitHub has something where the UI just like makes sense to me and I just know it pretty well. So I like, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't, I, it doesn't feel like I'm fighting the UI. Like it feels like the UI works okay. more or less the way that I want. Interesting. I feel like GitHub's UI is like, it works because we as users, we learn, we we learn how to make sense out of it because and I maybe. don't think you put this in front of a new user and they would be able to figure it out. I think it's very confusing. Maybe. I ended up just using, I, I navigate GitHub mostly through URLs. <laughs> That's how I get to places if i had to if i have to navigate you know to a specific project somewhere or whatever and i would have to start on github.com oh my god (laughs) yeah i mean some some things can always be improved uh, that's for sure but i think like the general like stuff that you actually use and interact with like tends to work pretty well um Mm -hmm. i love github uh, by the way i don't want to so i don't know yeah but honestly i think yeah i think github and the operating system <laughs> are basically like two big ones um oh also sorry uh just going back to your question about like uh product management software we have like another tool that we use that is sort of an internal tool um that was built uh and it's a very light um it's basically like a, um we call it like the project board so basically like it's a feed where like people frequently post updates on where the project is at. So you can basically see like, okay, who's working on that project? Like who's leading the initiatives? What's like generally the timeline and what, like where are they at? What the updates are. Um, So it's a way for everyone in the company to just know, like at a glance, okay, here's the current status of this project. Um, Have you thought about open sourcing that? I could use it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I don't build this tool, okay. so I have no idea. <laughs> put you on the spot. Yeah, I have. I yeah, have no cool, idea. Cool. Uh, it's like with these things, it's like maybe, but part of me feels like that is very uh, coupled with some of some Shopify specific stuff that mm-hmm. it would require real effort to um, to you know extract that, and then I don't know. Like it could be nice, like having other companies contribute to it, but I also find that. Stuff like this tends to benefit from being highly specific to mm-hmm. where yeah. you are because it's like our way of doing projects and like the stuff that we need is going to be very different from what other companies need. And I think adding in set a bunch of settings and a bunch of like, you know, variations in the mix will just make the product worse for everyone. So, but honestly, like it's not rocket science, like it's a pretty basic uh basic app like with a database so it's it's not anything that right. that like someone could could build in like a couple of days and that's fine that works. all right um the one tool that like i'm not happy with and i'm still looking for well we are still looking for still looking for the right tool to solve our problems is uh the good old like where do you write you know your Docs, your project uh, outlines, yeah. your whatever. We started with paper, we outgrew paper, and then we moved to Coda. And now I am personally like a design team trying Notion. Um, is that how you call it? Notion. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is, which is is good, but it's like it's not. There's not a lot of improvements over. And uh, granted, I've only been using it for like a week. Like it's very similar <laughs> there. Over the last week, like they didn't release that many improvements. <laughs> no, I mean because it's so similar to everything else, right? If it's like, well, if oh, it's okay, just like everything else, I might just use. Oh, okay. I, I thought I before. thought you meant that they didn't release frequent updates. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll give oh it a no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like it's it's very much like every other tool, and it has a couple of things going for it, but also a couple of things going against it. And anyway, um. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what. what I just. Like, I don't like Coda that much, yeah. and I wish I like Paper a lot. But I totally understand why Paper wouldn't work for you. I feel like Paper kind of stalled. Like there's just yeah. 
it seems like they're just stuck and a lot of things are starting to get clunky about it it's like oh like the terrible search was cute like when it just launched but (laughs) now years (laughs) later like it's not anymore their ios apps they're terrible and like they still haven't updated to support the new ipad like why not like just rebuild your freaking app like your job box like you have certainly you have resources to be able to do that anyways um i don't want to piss off dropbox we love dropbox but uh <laughs> it's it's just very annoying when you use uh, paper a lot so yeah. i know i i love i love dropbox i love their products products uh <laughs> it's just, but but i my heart gets broken by dropbox so often that i'm like i feel like maybe maybe five years ago dropbox realized that they're not a consumer facing company anymore mm. um so they can't every consumer uh faced you know oriented products like carousel and mailbox right. and all that um uh, and paper was the only one that was like no but businesses use it right yeah. it was like hanging in there uh <laughs> and that's why it's still no it wasn't canned yeah so, but you know so it feels like Dropbox is not. Oh, I'm speaking not of things that are essential, like I think Dropbox. Like, mm. if I was at a company that didn't allow Dropbox, like that would be a serious problem for me. Um, I, well, I can tell you, I've like I've been through this. Like, Shopify generally has has switched over to um, Google Drive. And it mm. and it's terrible. Like it's so 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 bad. Like I can't tell you all the ways in which it's terrible. Like it it it's it's a disc that's mounting on your computer, which like like Jeez. that adds in a whole layer of lag to everything. Yeah. So opening a file gets super slow. Like saving gets super slow. Sometimes the disc doesn't mount properly. Like somehow, like you just like open the lid. It's like, oh nope, the disc what isn't mounted. I and then I got to a point where, um, oh, it also uh, messes up with Sketch's autosave. By the way, uh, and they recommend disabling the autosave. <laughs> it's just like, no, that's no, that's not acceptable. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then one day, I just had like a weird permissions dialogue. I was like, the permissions aren't right. Uh, and Google Drive cannot run, and to this day, it just what? the app just doesn't work on my computer anymore. And I just I d- really don't want to troubleshoot it. Um, so yeah, I just uninstalled it. Like I I kept the Dropbox, and it's like I have all the stuff that I'm working on are sitting in my own personal Dropbox. <laughs> That's just how it is. But it's like you know what, Dropbox, it's a folder and it syncs, it works, it's fine. <laughs> like, doesn't but you know what you know the, what google try is going for is that it's part of every google for business Ugh. enterprise whatever they call it and so it just usually the people who make the the, the decisions like what tools oh, you yeah. use at a company yeah, sure. are not the people who use the products so you're like wait a minute we're paying already to google because we use gmail you know we use google um we're already paying for it and we have google uh icloud drive uh, not a, like a, a google drive yeah so why are we paying for dropbox if we get this for free yeah and i get uh, that um yeah. but it's the products really just not there at this point I, yeah i agree well, anyway um cool All right okay that was a long breakfast <laughs> wait no no not breakfast anymore that's follow up uh anyway <laughs> i'm full um should we should we ask for dessert and uh get on our recommendations for the week Let's do that. Do you want to start? Let's do it. Sure, I can start. Um, yesterday, uh, I I went uh, went to see Spider Man, whatever the name is, into the Spider Verse, that new animation. I should get the title right. Give me one second. Spider Man colon into the Spider Verse, <laughs> which, by the way, won like uh, the best movie or whatever on the Letterboxd. Uh, awards yep. whatever they call it here in review um so i went to, i went to see it with a friend of the show i think i don't know if they're a friend of the show but they're <laughs> our friends uh marshall <laughs> marshall bach and uh Ramon. uh we went to watch the movie together um those fancy uh in that theater with the fancy seats reclining seats that i love 
uh, Fred Westfield. <laughs> and uh, oh my God, Kevin, have you have you seen this movie? I haven't. I've been meaning to go out and and watch it. I Please just haven't do. Had time. Please do. Like everyone that I know that have seen the movie is like, oh my God, this movie is amazing. Yeah. So I had my expectations way up there, and still I was amazed. Like it's an animation movie. But the style of animation is so unique, so amazing. Uh, it just looks gorgeous. Um, not only that, the sound design is also like surprisingly good. That that like I notice it, you know. Um, and uh, the acting, like at some point, uh, if, it's not a spoiler because it's it's on all the trailers. But like it's about you know multiple universes on Spider Man, so you get Spider Man from different <laughs> universes. I know it's in the title, uh, but like each universe also has its own drawing style, like they do in the comics, right? So there's like Peter Porker, which is like a very cartoony, like Looney Tunes, very bubbly round thing, very bright colors. There's this, the Spider Man War or whatever it's called, and where like it's a black and white noir type of you know art. Huh, interesting. Yeah. You know, at several points in the movie, you have all of these different characters drawn in different styles and different art together in the same scene, hmm. right? Uh, and even not only like they have their own visual art and visual style, they also have their own uh, sound design associated with it. So this like cartoony thing has a lot of like boing, 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 and like weird <laughs> noises, <laughs> right? Um, and like they also, it's part of their own like style sound as well so when they're like they're fighting you know you would hear the 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 appropriate st- uh, sound to each character anyway it's like amazing i have no idea how they pull this off i also have no idea how this movie became reality like how did sony decided to sign off on this like it's because it's such a big you know I, I i assume that this had to be you know expensive to make <laughs> so i'm so glad that they did this uh also as a spider-man fan like if you're if you if you're a big fan and you know like it's history and you've watched the old cartoons or if you read the comics if you know these characters you will be rewarded that's so much like self-aware mm-hmm. awareness of like the history and all the comics and all the things like you will, there's a lot of fan service. It's amazing. So as a Spider-Man fan, like you're going to, this movie is made for you. Uh, and like, it is my favorite Spider-Man movie ever. Damn. Um, it's super I, interesting I, I because love... people have both been saying like, this is, if you love Spider-Man, this is amazing. You're going to love that. And there's also, I've also seen people that, that are like, I'm not into superhero movies at all. And I love this. <laughs> so nice. yeah and, and there's also tons of details um i'll try to find a link for the show notes but um there was a thread with uh todd vaziri uh where he was talking about like some of the details of the um animation style um mm-hmm. of how like the characters are like slightly off um they yeah, animate so- like on the second do you know right that? so the the movie is uh, 24 frames per second as is every movie uh, basically and so the background is animated at 24 frames per second but then the characters are animated at 12 frames per second but like not you know asynchronously so when one is moving in one frame the other isn't and vice versa and so like it just makes for this very interesting like motion <laughs> uh on the screen which is pretty cool but yeah i see I, yeah I, I i saw that tweet and it was it's amazing. Again, it's very interesting. Cool. Perfect. I'll put a link in the show notes. I just found it. Cool. Uh, Thanks. Cool. All right. So my recommendation this week is this TV show called Homecoming. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime Video, uh, and it featured Julia Roberts, <laughs> which is like, if you had told me like just a couple of years ago, that Julia Roberts would be the star of a TV show of like an Amazon TV service, I would <laughs> not have believed you. Uh, uh-huh. But here we are. Um, it's based on uh, the Gimlet podcast uh, of the same name, which I didn't know about. Um, I, what? Yeah. 
So it's they created this podcast first, and uh, <laughs> hear this out. The podcast had Oscar Isaac <laughs> as one of the voices. Um, Whoa! So yeah, this is the kind of stuff you can do when you're a big VC-backed podcast uh, publisher. Um, so um, can I, I make a TV show out of this episode, please? Right. Well, it's part of episode? their yeah. Yeah, I know, right? One day, who would play both of us? I think I think we need to hmm. to ask the audience. <laughs> People tell us who would play Rafa and who would play me. Uh, that if, is very. I would love make to make that a, a TV show out of us. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Um, but anyways, so uh, this story, the gist of it is, uh, homecoming is this, um facility center uh for um uh, people that are coming back from war um so people that are in the military to basically transition back into sort of normal life um and sort of like handle some of the uh like sort of PTSD you get from um uh, being like involved in war stuff um Julia Roberts in this, she's like sort of a, it's like kind of unclear what her exact role is, uh, but she sort of like asks questions and is sort of like a kind of psychologist style person in this. Um, And I don't want to say much more about this, but you kind of discover that there's a little bit more to the story than, um, (laughs) than like, you know, Um, and Oh my gosh, I really love this show. Um, it's they're short, like thirty minutes uh, episodes, so it's shorter than usual, uh, but it fits perfectly. Um, the uh, the way that all the scenes have been shot is just incredible. Um, there's like some incredible pieces of cinematography on that. Like there's a couple shots where like a car is riding around, and there's a camera that's like right like above the car but the camera's moving at the same pace of the car and turning with the car it's mounted on a car or, but, or but i guess it's mounted on the car the but like yeah. i don't know how because it's so high yeah it's probably like a you know big pole thing you, but you <laughs> see the entire car stick. i don't know anyways um, yeah no actually there's like um that's interesting because there's like a couple uh, selfie sticks and stuff that the software will erase. Oh, the really? Stick. Okay, interesting. So, you know, the raw footage, you see the, the mount, you mm. see the, the stick, but then software will get rid of it. Right. Anyways, this makes for like a, a super cool effect. Um, yeah. And there's like lots of these like really cool, clever shots. Uh, one of my favorite things is how um, at the end of each episode, there's sort of like, you know, like the credits like director sam Ismail and whatever mm-hmm. um but they just keep like the last scene they just keep filming so for example yeah. there's one scene of like a guy who's like digging through files um and there's like some dialogue but then at the end, he like just continues digging through the files and then they just leave that running for like five minutes <laughs> like while the the generic is on top like there's just like uh the the credits are on top so there's just like so many little like details like that they're awesome yeah. um and the story is it's not setting the world like it's not this crazy story but it's really well executed um mm-hmm. so i totally recommend it uh, if you haven't seen it go check it out and it's by sam ismail or esmail or whatever yeah. you pronounce it uh who's the creator of the mr robot yes um so there's a couple of like a couple similarities i could see i mean it's a, it's a very different show but you know, a couple of like hints, some artistic choices. I feel like. Would yeah, have fit you seen in Homecoming? the Mr. Robot thing? I've seen like three episodes, okay. so I'm not. You know, I started, but I haven't finished it. Right, right, right. Um, and yeah. there's like a ton of stuff that we can't talk about that are like super interesting, like but yeah. have spoilers. Um, but yeah, I've been like after watching Homecoming, I'm like really fascinated by sam ismail i've <laughs> been like like wanting to check out like some of his movies and some of his other stuff uh, have you seen mr robot have you watched yeah that? i've i've watched season one and two i now i need to okay. catch the season three and i think season four is gonna come out soon ish and that's it the last be, season yeah um 
He yeah. was also, I'll try to dig up a link. Um, he was also on um, a podcast called The Watch, where they talk about their favorite mm. TV shows. Uh, and he's also like pretty funny and like it's interesting to like hear his take on other stuff. Um, so if you want to listen to that, um, just you can go nice. check it out. I do, link. actually. Uh, it's, cool. It's pretty good. All right. And that's it for the show then. Um... Before we go, though, I see here in the show notes, Kevin, should we give a couple of shout outs? I feel like there's a couple of people. All right. Yeah. So we have a couple of shout outs uh, this week. Uh, So first, Dan Shepard, Chris Dunn, uh, Dimitri Varamchuk. Thank you so much uh, for your comments. Um, And uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. Cool. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at LayoutFM. I am at Rafa Hari, and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. Find the show notes for this episode and all the other episodes, actually, <laughs> on our website. That would be layout.fm. And lastly, uh, we are part of the Spec FM network. Uh, it's a big family of podcasts. So if, you, if you're looking for more shows to listen to, uh, check them out uh, over at the website. That would be spec.fm. And that's it. I'm still in San Francisco, by the way. And I'm being terrible at replying to your uh, DMs and mentions. Because <laughs> I've been very busy, but I still want to meet people if I can. I'll try. Love yeah, you, that's a weird thing. Whenever I travel, like I try to set stuff up with people. But it's also like when you're traveling, you're always super busy. So it's like <laughs> it's so hard to find like the right moment to meet with people. So... But I know it's 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 I'll so fun best. to meet listeners though. It's like there's it's like one of my favorite things whenever I travel is like getting to meet people. Cool. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs>